for tuning in to Kicking It With K-Marie podcast. Of course, I'm K-Marie. Like, who else am I going to be, right? It's called Kicking It With K-Marie. <laughs> so, again, thank you, everyone. I um, do appreciate, and I say this all the time, and some of you might be tired of hearing it, but uh, I'm going to say it anyway because I'm just really appreciative of everybody that um, watch the podcast, everybody that supported by sharing it, by subscribing to whatever streaming platform that you are listening to to it on um you telling others about it you know we're all heard all over the world you know a few, a few other countries you know um and I, I just thank you so much and i thank you for making it what it is and about to um you know making it um even more where we can reach even more people and i thank you for that here at kicking it with k marie podcast we just focus on issues that are that has something that deals with our um, community. Now, I know other people have other races and other cultures who listen to my podcast as well, but my main focus is to get the word out to my community. And I know that everybody else can use the information that's being brought um, um, brought to you. But I am a firm believer that every conversation every talk that you have, every kick in it session where information is given, that can spark change. You know, it only take one person. So, and I'm a full believer of that. And as you know, we are winding down on the safety series for the month of November. And I hope you all enjoy this series. It's been a blast to record. Uh, We started off with, Uh, being safe, like in the holiday season, as you go out shopping, we had um, Parks Defensive Strategies to come on and tell us how to stay safe while shopping, you know, do this holiday shopping. And then, um, you know, we had uh, Cam Brooks to come on about um, safety um, on on online dating. Actually, that was in October. It's a reason why online dating is on my mind. And you all saw the um, episode from last week when I was talking about giving my update about my online dating journey. Um, so I'm going to come back with you in January. Just keep you updated and let you know what's going on. And, you know, I'm not going to be too deep in that, but um, I will let you guys know. But we had um, um, Andrea White on. She gave us um, safety on working out, especially outdoors because we know that it's about to be cold in a lot of um, areas of of our nation and I know a lot of people like to work out outside don't know why y'all like to do that but you do so for those I brought the information on um, working out outside and that safety for doing it and today you all we are going to be talking about safety protecting yourself out in these streets when it comes to sex because we know that um you know people are engaging if you are engaging i just want you to be aware 
and um, how to protect yourselves and what to look out for. And we have a great guest. We have a um, very qualified guest expert, as we do uh, with all of our experts that are qualified. And so without further ado, I am going to introduce our guest today. So Andrea Blaylock Solar is a license in the state of Missouri as a clinical social worker and LCSW supervisor and is an AASECT certified sex therapist. She has worked in the field of behavioral health for over 15 years. As a graduate of St. Louis University, she majored in social work and minored in theology before completing a master of social work degree at Washington University in, in, in St. Louis. She sees herself as a catalyst for positive change, serving as a collaborator and co-facilitator in healing and enjoys the journey of working with her clients. As the owner of Sankofa Sex Therapy LLC, she works with individuals and those in all types of relationships and also provide therapy from a Christian perspective when requested. She conducts workshops about sexuality and intimacy and is the member of the Leadership Collective of the Women of Color Sexual Health Network. She also serves as a facilitator with Theater of War Productions, completing two off-Broadway runs and a clinically acclaimed Antigone and Ferguson and in addition to being a, to being your hashtag, your favorite sex therapist, she is a hunter of fabulous earrings and a baby sneakerhead. She really is, because um, if you are watching it, you're going to see the earrings she have on today, and they are dope. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, DeAndrea. DeAndrea, how are you? Good. How are you? I am great. I am Good. great. Show off the earrings. Show you off know, the earrings. All right. <laughs> Let's see him a little bit. Right. <laughs> you know, when I first read your bio, it was, you know, I said, I was reading down and it says Hunter. I was like, oh, oh, she hunts? <laughs> <laughs> Just earrings. That's right, right. It. I was like, read That's it all. It. Okay, read it all. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but Hunter of earrings. And then another thing in your bio that caught my attention. So you do off Broadway? Yeah. So I was, um, I, well, I've I've had the privilege of participating, excuse me, in a couple of shows, but uh, one called Antigone and Ferguson, and we had two off Broadway runs, one in 2018 and one in 2019, and I serve as a facilitator. We have conversations with the audience after each performance, and I also serve as a member of the chorus. I sing, and it's been an amazing journey. Uh, we had our first um, performance in. Uh, September of 2016 and I thought it was just a you know a one-off thing yeah. and it just blew up from there so yeah I, I've I've had an opportunity to to be off Broadway okay woman of many talents <laughs> <laughs> I too am a singer and oh, uh, awesome and I um I'm just all-around creative period I got um, working, uh, I have my own production company, I'm working on a, writing a movie, a screenplay and developing other things. So awesome. I am a full believer in whatever gifts and talents that you have, use them all. Mm-hmm. You're not just pigeonholed into, you know, one thing, you know, you, if you have multi, multi talents, 
use them all in some type of way. So and I, I see you're, you're doing that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. And before we go even further, I want to give out your um, social media um, handles. So on Instagram and Twitter, it's at Sankofa. That's S-A-N-K-O-F-A-6. Mm-hmm. And on YouTube, you are um, Ask, Ask a Sex Therapist. Yes. And then um, do you have a um, your, your website? Yeah, my website is sankofasextherapy.com. That's S-A-N-K-O-F-A, sextherapy.com. Okay. So I know you're um, a licensed uh, therapist. Mm-hmm. And um, so what made you want to get into sex therapy in addition to, you know, just like a behavior um, health type? Yeah. So my senior year of high school, I knew I wanted to go into a counseling profession of some sort. Initially, I thought it was going to be through psychology. And then I took a psychology one-on-one course. And I think it was the professor, but it just wasn't, it it wasn't quite there. I was like, "Mm, I don't know. But as a psychology major, I had to um, take an introduction to social work course. And that made more sense to me, just the way that um, the ideas were presented. And so um, I knew I wanted to go straight through after my bachelor's in social work and get a master's in social work. And I was on campus. I went to St. Louis University um, talking with one of my line sisters, who's also a sex therapist. And um, but we were just talking about, you know, future plans. We were both going to Washington University in St. Louis for our master's in social work. And um, I said, yeah, I think I want to do like marriage therapy focusing on couples. And she said, well, I think I want to do sex therapy. I said, you want to do what? Uh (laughs) What is this? And so um, neither one of us really knew a whole lot about it, but it it piqued my interest. And so um, while in graduate school, I took a human sexuality course with Um, the professor is, she remains one of my mentors in the field, but she's, uh, an active, uh, certified sex therapist and sex therapy supervisor. And, um, I stayed in touch with her after graduating with my master's degree and, um, started the certification process. It took a few years, but after I got my clinical license to practice independently as a social worker in the state of Missouri, Mm -hmm. um, uh, about a year later. I started the certification process uh, to gather all of my um, additional learning that I yeah. needed to be a certified sex therapist. Okay, what well, I'm, I'm so curious to know as to what are um, some of the typical first responses um, people show you once you reveal to them that you're a sex therapist. It's, you know, it's it is family. Yeah, it's really interesting. So a lot of times people aren't sure what a sex therapist does. And so if they know me or know of me in these other spheres, whether it's through church stuff or, you know, singing or or something else, they're like, wait, you're a sex therapist. (laughs) And then like these ideas of what they may think a sex therapist is kind of kind of come up. And I just have to explain, I do talk therapy. We are talking. (laughs) (laughs) No demonstration. You know, I'm not 
actively participating in sexual <laughs> activity with my clients. Although, right. you know, that's valuable work. That's not what I'm doing yeah. as a licensed clinical social worker. So um, I'm often doing a lot of education on what it is to be a sex therapist mm-hmm. um, and what I do specifically in my practice. And a lot of people are often very intrigued by it. Um, I just have a lot of questions. And so, yeah, yeah, that's that's the initial reaction. <laughs> and just, you know, just elaborate more as if people who are listening who may not know what um, everything that goes into being a sex therapist is. Can you just explain that to us? Yeah. So as a sex therapist, I am a licensed mental health professional who has had additional training in um, the areas of sexuality and relationships so that I can work with individuals and those in all types of relationships, uh, work toward their own self-identified goals as it relates to sexuality. So that could be related to uh, inability to orgasm or mismatched libido if I'm working with someone who's mm-hmm. in relationship uh, that could be um, other orgasmic difficulties if it's related to um, uh, like rapid ejaculation or um, just so so many different types of mm-hmm. sexual dysfunction it could be pain with intercourse mm-hmm. uh, per, for uh, various people people with vulvas or um, people with other body parts and so just um, really focusing on diagnosable sexual dysfunction and um, helping people to work toward their self-identified goals as it relates to that. What is the most um, dysfunction that people come to you with? I would say um, the most frequent issue that I see in my practice uh, you know, it waxes and wanes, it comes and goes, and I have different seasons. So um, I've had a lot of mismatched libido. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a lot of um, uh, women coming in with uh, questions about their desire. Mm-hmm. And um, they're thinking, you know, was something wrong with me because I'm not wanting to have sex or, or different different issues like that. And um, also infidelity. So recovering from infidelity or uh, looking at different paths to move forward, you know, with the relationship if they're deciding to stay together or to maybe separate. So those are probably the top three that I've seen recently, but it can, it can wax and wane. Yeah. We, we go through seasons and I tell you the pandemic has been very challenging for people in relationships. So I just, is it because they're there all the time? Yeah, that's a big thing. And I think um, people uh, really did not understand the value of having time away (laughs) from Mm. your partners even though you may love them dearly um, but just having that time away whether you know it's the commute to and from work or your own separate activities being locked down um, often would amplify issues that may have already been there but Mm -hmm. the different distractions kept you in a place where you didn't have to deal with them Mm -hmm. but then we're locked down and it's like well it's in your face now okay we gotta (laughs) deal with this. So. Wow. Okay. So what are uh, you saying Mitch match uh, libidos? Mm-hmm. So do you see, is it um safe to assume, you know, because of society, what society mm-hmm. says, mm-hmm. is it safe to assume that um, is it more women? Mm-mm. 
Right. No, so it, it it really just depends on the couple and then also where they are um uh in their lives. So um and also sometimes people will come in for lower desire and it's not necessarily a biological reason, but it could be pointing to a relationship dissatisfaction in some way. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's not always where, let's say it's a cisgender heterosexual couple. Mm -hmm. It's not always that the woman or the femme is the one with the lower desire. Mm -hmm. It could be, you know, flipped just depending, depending on the relationship and, and what's going on. You know, I, I know a lot of women probably think like, like if they're, if they're, you know, in a heterosexual relationship, if their guy is not um having sex with them often or you know they don't want to they think that like oh my god is he cheating on me mm-hmm. you know so I, I know a lot of times that's not the case right yeah it's not the case and i think it's so important that we have open and honest conversations with our partners about what we're thinking and uh our expectations even as it relates to um frequency of sex and so um people may have that automatic um, idea that if you're not trying to have sex with me, then there's something wrong. Instead of saying, hey, I've noticed we're not having as much sex. Mm-hmm. How we doing? Is there something going on? And it could be that uh, the male partner is just having lowered desire or just different changes in in their body. Mm-hmm. Or they could, you know, it could be something else. It could be anything mm-hmm. that doesn't have anything to do with their partner. Um, so when we, when we assume uh, it can <laughs> really, well, you know the saying, yeah. but it can really like mess us up because what it really boils down to is uh, amplifying the importance of uh, open and honest communication with your partner instead of just thinking, oh, maybe he doesn't want me or, you know, something like that. And that could, uh, that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Right. Or vice versa, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like being with, I know communication is the key to like any type of relationship. And I know it's, it's, no different when it comes to the sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. So especially like if you have like um, your new relationship, you have a new partner. Um, is it like how should each person like address like their likes and their wants? It's like is that like first second date stuff? You know what I'm saying? It's like so I like X Y Z. You know yeah. so how would how would um how would being like with a new partner um. Mm-hmm make that not less awkward, but still getting it out there. Yeah. So um, there is a wonderful organization based in St. Louis called Afrosexology. And they have this worksheet that I absolutely adore called Yes or No. And, oh, I like that. And, um, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's a shortened version of a longer activity that you can find anywhere on the internet called yes, no, or maybe. And it's like a questionnaire of um, different things that you might be interested in doing as it relates to sex. Do you, uh, are you interested in impact play? Are you interested in role play? How do you feel about mutual masturbation? So on and so forth. And so 
with this questionnaire, um, it can be kind of a playful way to um, introduce this um, idea of being open and honest about what you might be interested in. So it may not come up during the first date or the second date, um, just depending on how you're moving, because every situation may move differently. Um, but if you do find that there is sexual chemistry, um, I, I think that if you are interested in have, or if you feel safe enough to have sex with someone, then you need to feel safe enough to have a conversation about sex with them. And so um, even if it's in this playful way where it's like, hey, do this worksheet with me. Let's talk <laughs> about this. You know, and that's something um, that worksheet is available on their website. It's afrosexology.com. But um, and you can also find the yes, no or maybe online everywhere. If you type that in, um, that'll pop up as well. But uh, but that's one way where you can introduce this idea of um, asking a potential partner what they're interested in. And um, I think it's so important that you have conversations about sex mm -hmm. before you have sex, mm. uh, although it might feel awkward. Um, it can really open the door for really pleasurable experiences because you're not guessing, you're not just fumbling. So, okay. Now, so for those who have been like in relationship, married or long-term relationships for X amount of years, um, and they want to, um, and you know, they seen that like a decrease, you know, in their um, sexual activity. Um, what can some things that they can do to help, you know, put the spark back in their um, sexual relationship? So, I, and I, I'm saying it again, one, talk, <laughs> communicate, <laughs> right, um, about what you're feeling and what you're wanting. And in that communication, you may be able to come up with some solutions on, okay, well, how can we do this? Also, another thing that I like to prescribe to my clients is something called being time. And that is a specific amount of time that you set that you plan to be with your partner outside of screens. So it, it can be a shared activity. It can be cooking a meal together. It can be taking a walk. It can be having sex, uh, but you can't be sitting in front of the TV and call that being time. Mm -hmm. You can't go to a movie and call that being time or sit in the same room, but y'all are on your separate phone scrolling through Instagram mm -hmm. and call that being time. That don't work. It has to be specific time where you're connecting. Um, and so what I found is that when people prioritize making time for each other, sometimes that reignites the spark. Mm -hmm. We often get so lost in the various roles that we play, whether it's the role of parent or mm -hmm. if you're a caregiver for an, a, an um, aging parent. parent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or um, if you are, you know, you work hard all day and you're CEO here or teacher there and you get home and you're still like stuck in these roles, you forget to be partner. And so in focusing and refocusing on being partners to each other, sometimes that can reignite the spark. And I see this a lot with um, specifically with couples who have uh, recently had kids or they've had kids for a while, but they just get lost in being parents. Yeah. It's like, yeah, y'all got to be a couple. So we got to yeah. 
prescribe some being time so you can reconnect and be like, oh, I really do like dudes. You know? <laughs> right. Like, oh yeah, that's why I fell in love with you. That's, that's why we got all these kids, because I like you. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> how do you, well, how would you advise someone who is in a relationship mm-hmm. and they just have a very selfish lover? Mm-hmm. Um, they've talked mm-hmm. and it seems like you know, it's falling on deaf ears. So how would you address um, that person? Yeah, so I have a, probably more questions than answers, but I, mm-hmm. I, would, I would approach it with curiosity because mm-hmm. I'm wondering um, if they talked, how did the conversation go? Was it more um, accusatory or was it approaching it with curiosity uh, as opposed to, you know, you're not satisfying me. And that's a problem, you know? Right. Uh, because like, if somebody says that to me, I, I don't, I don't know what my response would right. be as opposed to, um, you know, I really uh, would like for us to talk about some concerns I have. Um, I'm not always feeling fulfilled in our sexual experiences and, I just want to know how how are you feeling about our sexual experiences, mm-hmm. and and so it it kind of disarms the situation, um, and also it it uses more of uh, the idea of I statements or I feel statements because um, when you it, it it feels like you're attacking someone it's like yeah. you're not making me come well no nah, baby you can't make you come because right, you're right, responsible right. you're responsible for your own orgasm right, right? but. Um, if it's approaching it with curiosity and taking ownership of your experience that disarms the other person. Um, and also sometimes you might be partnered with an asshole. And, yes, so, yes. and that's, a, that's a whole nother situation. Yes. And so, um, you know, you, that's why I'm like, I got more questions than I have right, right, right. because of all of these miscellaneous factors that could be, you know, at play. Um, but if you are with someone who really does prioritize you and wants to prioritize your pleasure, then we can move with the idea that, okay, I know my partner does not want to hurt me. So I can then ask this question and move forward with curiosity. Um, as opposed to if you know uh, that they asshole, <laughs> then that's right. another situation yes, yes. of how to deal with that. And mm-hmm. then also I'm going to always suggest working with a professional, um, mm-hmm. whether that's a sex therapist or couples therapist, um, it, there may be just a, um, lack of communication or a barrier to, um, to really finding out what's going on. And it can always be helpful to have an outside person to hold space while you're working through these issues. Yeah, makes sense. Mm-hmm. How do you, I know a lot of women, you know, you have your girls, you know, you know we talk. Yeah, we so, do. And, you know, it seems to be like for a lot of women, um, like their, their, their partner, they like, they skip over steps. Mm. <laughs> you know, they just want to get to the, to the do. But yeah. yeah, but they skip over, you know, the, the sensual touching and the, that, that intimacy even before, you know, so what, what do you tell that person 
um, the one that's not who the guy or whomever that's um, you know just getting straight to the to the part, you know. So, yeah, <laughs> it, take, so, it, takes, it takes us you know longer to warm up. So yeah, so one thing is that I like to take intercourse off the pedestal. A lot of time we, you know, only say that's sex and everything else is foreplay. But some people have wonderful sex and they're not interested in intercourse at all because it's all sex, right? All Mm -hmm. of it can be considered sex and sexual touch. So that's the first thing. Let's take intercourse off the pedestal. Mm -hmm. Also, let's um, not have our sexual experiences be so phallocentric. Um, sex does not end when the penis ejaculates. Mm-hmm. Sex ends when you decide that you're satisfied. Whether and, and it doesn't have to be marked with an orgasm, uh, but it can be marked with a feeling of satisfaction and pleasure. Um, also, um, well, those are the two biggest things. Yeah. Taking intercourse off the pedestal and taking uh, making it not be so phallocentric. And when you do that, when it's not focused on the penis and it's not focused on when he ejaculates sex is over, um, you can then focus on all of the wonderful ways in which you can experience pleasure in your body. Um, I really love the idea of sensuality because it's really just at the core of it, focusing on our five senses. Um, And sensuality is not always sexual, although we think of it in that Mm -hmm. way, but you can sensually experience a grape, a frozen grape, right? Mm Because when you put it, I don't know if you've had a frozen, have you had a frozen grape? Not yet, I've been meaning to try it. Yes, so, (laughs) and and I I think of it, um, experiencing things sensually kind of brings in the idea of mindfulness because you're focused on what is Mm -hmm. right now. You're not worried about the laundry I got to do, you know, but I'm just focused on this right now. So thinking about centrally eating a frozen grape, uh, when you put it in your mouth, you're noticing the texture of it, Mm -hmm. um, the temperature of it. You may roll it around and see like, how does it feel against your teeth? uh, and, you know, taste is related to smell as well. So you're you're bringing in those senses there. That's a way to do that. Now, if you take that idea of sensuality and apply it to your sexual experiences, right? Um, it's not just about what you're doing to um, provide pleasure for your partner, but how does doing this activity provide pleasure for me? Or how does it awaken my senses? If I am performing oral sex, what does the texture of this body part feel like in my mouth? Mm-hmm. When it changes, you know, when their body changes, what mm-hmm. does that feel like to me? And, and how does it make me feel? What smells do I enjoy? What smells do I not enjoy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of these different things. Um, how does the texture of their of their skin change when I do this? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. So um, really focusing on sensuality um, can, can definitely help with that. So that's three things, right? Mm-hmm. Taking the course off the pedestal because it's all sex and it's all equally important. Um, not making it so phallocentric and then really focusing on your senses, making it a sensual activity. And when you like put those three things at the forefront, you can have some magical things to happen. <laughs> right, so, right. 
that's that's some good information and you know and i I really feel sorry for um like some women who a lot of women who don't really enjoy it yeah they they really it's like as they said they're married or or long-term relationship it's like almost like a chore well, for a lot of reasons, right? Like I think about um, <laughs> how women are taught that if you um, like, you need to be able to take the D. Mm-hmm. Um, but not everybody enjoys a boob cervix. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. um, you know, but we're taught that I need to be able to take this and endure this pain, even in sexual experiences. We're not taught that it's okay if you don't like this. And you can say, nah, baby, let's switch positions because mm-hmm. this ain't it. Um uh, but yeah, I, I even with like song lyrics, like I'ma beat it up uh like fight night or right. <laughs> you know. Right. Right. Like don't don't do that. I don't I don't I don't right. I don't want a bruise cervix. Um but some people do enjoy cervical stimulation, but that's again where that um the talk that and communication. The talking and mm-hmm. communication come into play. You have to communicate and talk about what it is that you like and what you don't like. Um because sacrificing yourself uh does not win you any awards. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So yeah, no, it doesn't. You know, it, it's it's meant to be enjoyed. Exactly, exactly. It's meant to be enjoyed and not mm-hmm. just put up with, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and lastly, you know, since it is the safety series, I know we talked about everything, but, but so let me just bring it on home with this. So those who are in these sex streets, they are like just single and just living it up. Um, not too long ago, you know, we heard about that flesh eating um, STD over in with London. And then they said it was like just a few cases here. Um, but what can um, those carefree, wild, you know, getting it in all the time, uh, singles, um, what, what should they remember as they out here doing their thing? It's important to uh, be open and honest about your own Uh, sexual health as it relates to um, if if you have any STIs and also making sure that you're being treated for those and being regularly tested. Also, if you are um, having sex with multiple partners, making sure that you are using barrier methods so that you can cut down on the um, transmission of sexually transmitted infections. You can still have amazing sex with a condom, um, or oh, with a lot of people beg to differ. Yeah, that they, uh, they're not doing it right. Um, so <laughs> I mean, ain't that what Luda said? Yeah, they just okay. ain't doing it they right. They just ain't That's doing it right. <laughs> um, but like I'm thinking, about, so specifically for condoms, one, everybody going for the gold wrapper, but not everybody need a gold wrapper. Ooh. Like, be honest. <laughs> Be honest about, you know, because they make condoms in all different sizes. Mm -hmm. So that's one. Okay. Also, like if you put a little lube inside of the condom before you put it on, that enhances your pleasurable experience because some people may say, you know, it doesn't feel good. Cool. I get that. Add a little lube on the inside of the condom and that can increase your pleasure um and don't be afraid to use lube right because sometimes 
the latex, even if your partner doesn't have a latex allergy, the latex may cause them to naturally dry up. Yeah. So using lube can definitely help um, and not being ashamed of it. Like you can have some good sex with barrier methods, even if you're using um, a dental dam, um, still, you can still use lube with those. Uh yeah, you you can have good sex with barrier <laughs> methods, but you just have to be really open mm-hmm. and willing to do so. Um, and if you're choosing to be fluid bonded with someone, uh, meaning not using any barrier yeah. methods, having real open and honest conversations about what you're doing and uh, where you are so that people can make informed decisions on yeah. how they want to move. Yeah. Um. For those who are listening, she's talking about it going wrong, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Thank you so much, Andrea. This is this is a good conversation. I would like yeah. to um like periodically like have you back on the show hey, to talk about this. Wonderful, wonderful. Appreciate it. Cause this is because sexual um information, sexual health is also um, important as well as any other part of um, mental health. So Absolutely, it is. Yeah. It is. All right. Thank you so much again. And everyone, thank you for um, listening. Again, um, just visit DeAndrea on her um, on her social medias. And can you just quickly, because my thing is off, can you quickly just give out your, your handles again? Yeah, I am active on Instagram and Twitter at Sankofa Sex. That's S is in Sam, A N K O F A Sex. And my website is SankofaSexTherapy.com. All right, y'all. So this is what I used to say in high school. If you're going to play sex, use a latex. Okay, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with it. I'm with it. Put it on the (laughs) t-shirt. Like you said, or if you're, you know, your partner has some type of, you know, agreement and you're you're open if you don't want to do that. But just, you know, just always just pr- trying to protect yourself and be safe out here in these streets. OK, so thank you so much. We are going to come at you next month in December, which is some Christmas stuff. I love the Christmas season. So I'm going to do all things Christmas every week. OK. <laughs> So thank you, DeAndrea. Again, everyone, go to her Instagram, go to her Twitter, go to her YouTube, like, you know, just flood her. And um, I see you have your um your, your t-shirt. Yeah, I do. My little hashtag, your favorite sex therapist. All right. Yeah. And she yeah, she's 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 one of mine. I I like I like what I heard. So thank you. Thank All right. You. Until the next time, everyone, be safe. Have a great um, weekend and have a great Thanksgiving if you celebrate it. But you know, us in the black community, we just like the day off and just get together and then eat. We're not celebrating nobody's, uh, you know, yeah. So, all right, bye. <laughs> oh, let's go, let's go. It's time to turn up the radio. Just so you know, it kicking in. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say. You're here now.